Loving God, you have given us the church. You have given us the greatest gift, and we are thankful. So bless this time as we look at what that means to be in this, your church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. frenzied, chaotic world under the constant siege of busyness and noise. The weapons of mass distraction are everywhere. We are bombarded by millions of advertisements daily. The Christian community is not exempt. We were designed to experience fullness of joy Yet many only experience fullness of schedule. Where can we go to find rest and peace? I don't know about you, but I am really glad that I'm here today. I need the church. After watching that, I don't know about you, but my stomach just started to roll. And I realized that I want my week bookended by the church, Sunday to Sunday, because that's what life often looks like during the week. We have been looking at core questions of our faith, questions that you have suggested that we give answers to. We've looked at things like, already won. Our salvation has already been won by Jesus Christ, who is the one way. We've been rescued for salvation. God has reached into our lives and provided everything that we need. And what about unanswered prayer? Maybe one question that's closer to most of us than we like to admit. Well, today's core question is, why church? Why do you get up early on Sunday morning when maybe you've been out late the night before? Why do you hustle your children, making sure their shoes match, that their hair is combed, that you're not going to be late, that you will find a place to park after you've gone around and around and around? Why do you do that? Why do you endure the hassles of getting to church? I think there's a good reason. And I know it's the reason that lives in my heart. Just possibly, if only for just a few moments, the voice of the one whose presence overshadows and gives the rest of the race of life meaning, for an hour, just an hour, I come hungry and my soul yearns for a message from God. 
in worship. The songs, the prayers, the music, the sermon, the scripture literally brings my frantic, noise-filled life to a stop. For a brief time, I can glimpse the eternal and life is transformed. And I leave with a grateful and joy-filled heart. Now, I know that some of you are going to say, how can that be your life during the week? After all, you work in the church. Hmm. Well, maybe the church doesn't have all that traffic and all that noise that you saw. But for some reason, even in the church, our lives are busy and we always feel like we're running up a down escalator. We are on a Lenten journey, that journey that goes from Bethlehem to Jerusalem, from a manger to a cross, from birth to death to life eternal. And amazingly, Christ is still alive in the world today and continues his ministry through his body. That's us, the church, this church, this community of faith. In this fellowship called the church, we each, every one of us, can give and receive strength and encouragement for the living of our lives. And in these relationships, we discover the true meaning of the words of Scripture being members one of another. Separate, but yet bonded together, heart to heart, through Jesus Christ. What does it mean to be the church? This past fall, I was in Philadelphia, my hometown, for a conference. And I decided that I was going to have it be a time of taking a nostalgia trip to those places that it's been a long time since I've been to. I wanted to see the house I grew up in. I wanted to see the school that I graduated from. And I wanted to see the church that has meant so much to my faith development. Well, the house was gone. And the high school was no longer a high school. But the church was still there. And I thought, oh, that'll preach. <laughs> Everything else was gone. Everything familiar. But there was the church. And I got to go inside 20 pews, 10 on each side, that held five people each, six if you really squeezed them in. It was that church that baptized me when I was four weeks old. It was that church that nurtured my family and our faith through the ups and downs, those inevitable difficulties in life, that celebrated when things were good and somehow lessened the difficulties when life was hard. It was that church that I had my vows at baptism confirmed. Two years we went to confirmation classes every Saturday morning for four hours and we studied the Bible. I thought that must be really important to my parents, that they made their life revolve around those Saturday morning classes for two years. And then came the day of confirmation. And we had on white robes and we marched down the center aisle 
sad up front, proud as could be, that we were going to confirm those vows that had been made on our behalf at our baptism. The pastor called each one of us up because he had selected a special verse for each one of us. Finally, my name was called. And I went up and I knelt at the stairs of the chancel steps. And he put his hand on my head and he said, For God so loved Dana that he sent his only son, that because she believes, she will not perish, but have eternal life. And I want you to know in that moment, all those seeds that had been planted over my growing up years, all those Sunday school classes, all those vacation Bible school classes, I finally got it. For God so loved the world and I was part of that world. And life was forever different. I am passionate about the church. I am passionate about worship. I think that worship and the church is God's great gift to the world. We need to come into God's presence so that we can be strengthened and encouraged and able to go out on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and come back on Sunday so that we can worship God and know that it is he who made us, that he claimed us as his own, that he loved us so much that he gave us the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. One of the questions that we had to memorize was from the Westminster Catechism, what is the chief end of man? Now, I know some of you know this. What is the chief end of man? And I'll say, and women to worship God and enjoy him forever. That's what it's all about. That's why we come to church. Worship is central to the Christian life. It lies at the heart of Christian scripture from the beginning to the end. We find worship talked about as early as the book of Genesis when Cain and Abel brought sacrifices to the altar and at the very end of the scriptures in Revelation, we hear about heavenly worship. From Genesis to Revelation, we have a wonderful scene painted about what it means to worship God who gave us life, who loves us, who won't leave us as he found us, but wants us to be all that we can be. Now, I know the church is not perfect. Do you know that there was a church in Massachusetts that in the early 50s split over baked beans? <laughs> they were noted for their church dinners. Baked beans were always served, and one Sunday somebody used canned beans. And literally that started a fight that split the church, so one of them became known as the Baked Bean Church. <laughs> that lets me know God has a sense of humor. <laughs> you might be thinking, every time I come to church, all we hear about is money. 
I heard this on the internet, uh, so I'm assuming it must be true. <laughs> there were three children talking about how their parents made money. One little boy said, my mom writes a few words on a piece of paper, calls it a poem, and they give her $100. Another little child said, my mom writes words on a piece of paper, calls it a story, and they pay her $1,000. That's nothing, the other little girl said. My mom writes words on a piece of paper, calls it a sermon, and it takes eight people to collect all the money every Sunday. <laughs> What lies at the heart of worship is God's continual movement towards the people of God. That's you and that's me. But what does church look like? How is it supposed to be shaped? I want to read to you from Colossians chapter 1. This is Paul's prayer of thanksgiving for the church of the Colossians. And I want you to listen to it as if it's our church as well. Because when I read it, I thought it sounded just like you. Paul says, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all his people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true word of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That, my friends, is the church. That is this church. For the glory of God, mission and worship come together. We come into church we are to remember what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. And our hearts are so filled with gratitude over the gift that God has given us through Jesus that we can't help but go out and share that good news with the world. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind and your neighbor as yourself. We come here to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind. God wanted to be certain we could see with the eyes of our heart the one who loves us into all time. 
so he sent Jesus, in whose face we can see God, in whose face we can know God, in whose face we can deepen our relationship with the Father. God's perfect love reaches out to us in Jesus Christ when we get it, when we really understand that. How can we help but come to church and sing our songs of praise and offer our prayers and hear the word read and proclaimed? Worship and the church are one. They cannot be separated. Joy or sorrow, life or death, work or play, all of life is an act of worship. And we come together on this day set apart to acknowledge that this is the first day of the week, the day that Jesus rose from the dead so that we could have eternal life. We come today so our lives can be different tomorrow. I look around at you and all the familiar faces and I know the stories that your lives represent. I know the joys that you've had. I know the burdens that you carried. I know for so many of you, it has been the church that has made a difference in your lives. Listen to this letter shared by a woman who lost her child. You're never prepared. That's the essence of the pain. For the first time in my life, I wondered whether there was any purpose in going on. For the first time, I wondered whether the gift of life on this earth for me was really a gift. For the first time, I lacked the strength even to rise from bed and perform the little rituals and have the little conversations that give daily life its color and rhythm. What could I do? I didn't know where to turn, so I went to church. How wonderful then the moment when I discovered that I can run into the arms of a father who loves me and weeps with me. What an incredible moment when I fully realized that healing was possible. God is ever faithful. That happened in church. And story after story after story is just like that. Friends, you're exactly where you need to be. This is God's gift to you. This is your church. Loving God, thank you for providing exactly what we needed, even when we didn't know we would need the church. May we realize that you are here calling us, just waiting for us to come so that we can say thank you, God, for your faithfulness. All this, Lord, we pray in the precious name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen.